0: Lately, I've been finding myself pulling whiskeys off the shelf that are consistently unique, uh, ones that tell a good story every time I pop the cork, and I have to say that Doc Swinson's is absolutely top tier when it comes to a fascinating pour. What separates Doc Swinson's from the rest of the pack is their unrelenting goal of always letting the whiskey shine. No matter what whiskey comes through the front door at Doc's, their team of tasters will blend and finish it into something that is deliciously memorable. The beautiful thing about a good blended whiskey is that oftentimes, with proper care and attention, they turn into a whiskey that is truly greater than the sum of their parts. Whether you're trying their Alter Ego, Blenders Cut, or Exploratory series, you are guaranteed to have a phenomenal experience with Doc Swinson's whiskey. You can find them online at docswhiskey.com. That's d o c s whiskey.com.
1: Hey everybody, welcome into the Film and Whiskey Podcast. I'm Bob Book. I'm Brad G. And we're coming at you today with another special bonus episode. Mm, Bonus episode. Brad, we are, we're throwing it way back. We're getting in the way back machine today because we have a return guest today that we haven't spoken to since season one. It's not that we're on bad terms. We've just, he's a very busy man. You know, it's hard to get him back Uh, on the show. But I am very, very excited to talk again with our friend David Mandel. David is joining us from what looks like his kitchen, and he has just a fantastic lineup of whiskey behind him here. So uh, we might have to just do the next time from David's kitchen, uh, I think is what we're trying to say. David, how are you today?
2: It's great. It's great to be here, guys. I'm sorry it's been so long. Yes, we have been busy, but um, it's just such a pleasure to be back on with you guys.
0: Yeah, I was going to say to start off, David. You know, last we heard, you were chairing a massive company and doing all sorts of crazy stuff there. Uh, what have you been up to since? Life has changed a little bit, I hear.
2: I mean, life has changed. I think for everybody over the last several years, it's yeah, been that's for sure. It's been you know, it's been a really interesting one. But for me, I mean, it's been a, a, an extremely rewarding several years. I think the last time that we talked, you know, I was. The CEO of Bardstown Bourbon Company. And since then we sold the company. Now, I uh, went on to then become the chairman of the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, the president of Kentucky Owl building their distillery in Bardstown, Kentucky. I've immersed myself in, you know, you know, in the community. And it really has been an extremely rewarding uh, couple of years. And there has, you know, so much is changed in the bourbon landscape it's been very exciting times but it's you know again it's just it's a wonderful industry to be in it's, it's a wonderful community and it's uh you know continues to go in the right direction i
0: was gonna say it's crazy the last time we talked a pandemic was like the furthest thing from any of our minds
2: <laughs> I mean, isn't that true i mean I, I, I it wasn't even it wasn't even anything of course it was even remotely on the radar screen but you know as certainly as an industry you know we we worked through it um the industry has you know has done well it was also an industry that was able to you know band together and support you know the effort to fight covid in many different ways for everything from producing hand sanitizer to raising money you know to supporting local communities with ppe there was all sorts of things but it you know it's been a very it's been a very long but at the same time very fast several years and it's great to be coming out of it completely, hopefully at this point.
1: Well, I think that's a good segue talking about the local community. Let's talk about Bardstown because we're here today to talk about the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. And you can't talk about the festival without talking about Bardstown. And for people who have never been to Bardstown, it is it is just the most interesting place. I feel like you could just write a dissertation about its importance to the industry because it is I mean, roughly halfway between Lexington and Louisville, it's it's kind of right in the middle of everything. So many major brands are located in Bartstown or or near Bartstown that you often see figures from different distilleries that you would consider competitors meeting for lunch, talking with each other. It's such a fascinating place. And, and for our listeners who have never been, David, can you try to paint the picture of what it's like for the industry in Bartstown?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you summarized it well, but you know, Bardstown is the bourbon capital of the world. You know, you have more than a dozen, you know, major distilleries in a, you know, very small radius centered around a town of 10,000 plus people. And, you know, in many ways it's like walking back into time. We often like to describe it as a Hallmark movie. I mean, this is a kind of place that you can go into when you have the christmas parade and it's like stepping back into another world it's you know it's absolutely unbelievable i've lived there uh i moved to bardstown in 2013 i live right downtown in a house that dates back to you know the early 1800s but it's a remarkable place and again it's not only the the center of bourbon in kentucky but it's also a place that plays an incredible role in history in terms of being kind of the point of the spear on Western expansion in the United States, it was the first archdiocese of the Catholic Church off the East Coast. Hmm. It was a center in the late 1700s, early 1800s for politics, for art, for culture. And of course, you know, the Civil War really tore things apart. And it wasn't until, um, you know, pre-prohibition and after prohibition that the the bourbon industry really began to build things back in the town. It has absolutely remarkable history.
0: Yeah, David, and you can't really separate the Kentucky Bourbon Festival from Bardstown. And I'm just curious, like, describe to me the history of the festival. How did it come about? What made the locals say, you know, we you know what we need to do we need to have a festival.
2: <laughs> you know, the festival dates back over 30 years. We're now going into our you know, 31st year of the festival. And, you know, the festival in its early days was really a kind of a coming together of the industry and the employees and was very much a local festival. And it was for quite some time. And as the festival developed, like all great things, it needed to evolve. And we got to the point several years ago where the festival, I would say, was not evolving as quickly as the industry had. And so we really had to take a very hard look at it and say, what do we need to do? to make sure that this festival keeps pace with the industry and really begins to drive the kind of tourism that we are seeing across the bourbon trail. uh, You know, in all aspects of Kentucky, but continues to drive that to Bardstown, not only for the industry and for the community. And I was asked to take over as chairman of the festival right at the same time I stepped down as CEO of Bardstown Bourbon Company. And it was one of those moments where it said, you know, David, you can't really complain about anything else now. You've got time to work (laughs) on this. So I said, "Okay, no, I'll do it. But we have but if we're going to do it, we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to really look at the festival. We're going to hire somebody that knows how to run festivals. And we're going to ask the industry, the bourbon industry, what do we need to do to build this into the next great festival here you know that's going to draw people from all over the all over the country and all over the world and we took that approach we hired Randy Prosey who was absolutely fabulous background in running festivals we reconstructed the festival we developed it, and it's really kind of hard to imagine that back in the day you didn't have you know direct bourbon tasting at the festival in all aspects in the way that you would think about it now hmm. so we created an environment that And an experience that you could not get anywhere else where you're bringing together the best bourbon companies from all over the state, celebrating Kentucky bourbon in an atmosphere where you can open sample. And now this year you can buy bottles directly at the festival from the booths, from the different distilleries. So some really exciting developments. So we can talk more about those. Absolutely.
1: Let's get into it now, because. You know, our listenership is largely comprised of people who are just getting into the world of whiskey, just trying it out for the first time, learning a lot of the lingo and the terminology. And when they hear, I would imagine when they hear about something like the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, the first thing in their minds is, "Okay, this is for people who are wanting to take the next step in their education. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. When you look at the events list and everything that you offer at the festival, I think there's really is something for everyone. But specifically, what would you say uh, would appeal to kind of the whiskey novice?
2: First of all, th- there is no better place than the Kentucky Bourbon Festival to come get immersed in Kentucky bourbon, whether, again, you're a novice, whether you are somebody that is a real you know, connoisseur. We have something for everyone. And we really work to develop that experience. And now it is a single ticket price. It's one hundred twenty five dollars. All tasting included. All three days, you can come into the festival, you can go out, you can continue to sample, uh, you can go to distilleries, you can come back in. And there is a great mix of not only having the best Kentucky distilleries this year, we have 50 distilleries and brands from Kentucky participating in it, which you can sample You know all of their products. We've got great education, we have food, we have events, we have educational opportunities. And, you know, this is the type of environment that we're developing in a really kind of small and intimate environment. It's outside. It's right downtown in the center of Bardstown, Kentucky. And it's the kind of place where you can walk in and there'll be five master distillers, some of the best blenders, the great brands, everybody together in this really intimate setting. So what I would tell you is, you know, KYBourbonFestival.com. If you haven't yet, get your tickets get them quickly and come join us in September for the Kentucky bourbon festival.
0: Yeah. It seems like you listed, you know, maybe one or two things I might be a little excited about there, David. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, what are you most excited for about this upcoming festival? What, what are you just looking forward to going like, man, I cannot wait to be there to experience.
2: Well, so there's so many things, but let me tell you a couple of things. They're really big that not only make us completely different from, all over other festivals in the country. So the Kentucky legislature just passed a a law in you know in the last several months that allows us to sell bottles directly to consumers at festivals. That's a big deal. You know, why is that a big deal for whiskey? Well, we all know so many people out there are always looking for something you can't get, you know, the bottle you can't get anywhere else. Where else now can you come to a festival we got 50 distilleries, you can sample products, they can sell bottles directly to you at the festival. And we've also, we do a single barrel uh, exclusive pick program. So we have you know more than a dozen distilleries that are doing exclusive single uh, barrel bottles for the Kentucky Bourbon Festival that go on sale throughout the weekend. And you can get them, we do that with Justin's House of Bourbon exclusively, and we sell them at the festival. They're really wonderful opportunities, you know, to explore, to collect. And then we have a an auction with the Oscar Getz Museum with rare and vintage bourbon that takes place on Sunday. And you can come in and you can bid, it's all for charity. And you can get signed bottles, you can get packages that you can't get anywhere else for experiences at the distilleries, you can get vintage bottles. This is like, whether again, you're a novice, or whether you are, you know, the bourbon connoisseur, you can't get a better experience than the Kentucky Bourbon Festival and our goal is to make it better every year we're approaching this festival the same way certainly that we approach and I've approached business before evolve, you know, do let's, let's do a number of things really well, let's create great experiences and let's continue to, to evolve, let's listen to our customers and let's get better and better.
1: One thing that I've always loved about the festival, and it's very prominent on the website even now, is the ties to the Kentucky Bourbon Hall of Fame and the the kind of induction ceremony that we have at the festival. Uh, could you could you tell our listeners a little bit about how that initiative got started and, and what we're looking forward to this year, as much as you can share
2: about- Well, what I'll tell you, to there's to. some things that are different about it too. And again, this goes to the concept of continuing to like focus on the things that, as a festival, we do well, and make sure that others that do, you know, things well, you know well and are really in their expertise, that we're making sure that those are in the right hands. So, for a long time, you know, the Kentucky Bourbon Festival had the Bourbon Hall of Fame, and that honors people that have made a real impact in you know the bourbon industry, and the festival controlled who was selected but you know as things go over time the real question was is it really for the festival to make that determination or is that something that is better determined by the industry itself and so we came to the conclusion shortly after I took over the festival that we that that authority really sat appropriately with the Kentucky Distillers Association and that's the association that represents the distilleries and so we worked with them. They have taken over the responsibility of selecting the people for the Hall of Fame and and, and curating that going forward. We're actually going to be looking for a permanent home for that. But that will take place during the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. And we're looking as we go forward for different ways to really celebrate those people that are selected for the Bourbon Hall of Fame. So it's a very exciting opportunity. And it now appropriately sits and it's chosen by the Kentucky Distillers Association. And that event will take place during uh, during the Bourbon Festival always. Wonderful. Well,
0: David, I, I am absolutely sold. I am crazy excited for this festival. I, I think that our listeners probably are a little bit excited. Uh, <laughs> and I know you said it before, but give us another uh, shout out on the website and how people can get tickets, learn more
2: information. KYBourbonFestival.com. Go on the website get your tickets. Now, one thing you might notice is that most of your lodging, if not all of it, is sold out in Bardstown. But go on there, you'll see. Look at Elizabethtown, look at Shepherdsville. Both are 20 minutes from Bardstown. Shepherdsville is halfway between Bardstown and the Louisville Airport. Uh, Elizabethtown is about 20 minutes south. Great lodging opportunities get your hotel rooms and make sure you get there and come because it's one of, we are, you know, developing a festival again, as we look forward, that is going to be the absolute and it is the premier experience of bourbon every year. It's going to keep getting better. You know, we have continued to learn, we've continued to evolve. And this year with the new model, with the new ticket structure, with the unlimited sampling for one ticket price for three days, it You know, it is a not only a remarkable value, but it's going to be a wonderful experience. Uh,
1: David has been very humble about not revealing this information. But the real coup de grace, the, the PS de resistance of, of this festival is that Brad and I are going to be at the festival this year. Film and whiskey is going to be represented at the Kentucky Bourbon I, Festival. Did uh, mention that? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> what, what he was trying to say was uh, avoid... Admitting that they made a colossal mistake by giving us media credentials to this this thing. So we're going to be there all three days this year. We'll be doing on site interviews. If you're at the festival and you'd like to come say hi, we'll hopefully have a booth set up. If not, we'll be carrying around microphones to talk with people of all walks of life about what brought them to the festival, what they're enjoying about it, what bottles they're purchasing. Seriously, David, I, I cannot wait to join you this year for this thing.
2: Well thank we thank you and we couldn't be more thrilled to have you there you know and again what i really love about what we're creating is we have a festival with incredible history this is something that is an economic catalyst for our entire community too so when you're coming to mm-hmm. the bourbon festival you're not just supporting you know the industry you are supporting the people of Bardstown the people that make this community what it is, you know, by being here, by supporting tourism, by coming to our restaurants. It is a really important thing for the community and the people that work in the industry. And we couldn't thank you enough for being part of it. Our mission at the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, and we now have a very clear one, is to support uh, and to promote Kentucky bourbon and Bardstown as the bourbon capital of the Mm -hmm. world. And that is what we do.
1: We're going to let you off the hot seat a little bit here. Uh, you, we can't let you out of here without talking about movies. Now, the last time that you were on, we asked you about your favorite movie and your favorite movie, at least at the time, was The Big Lebowski.
2: It's like one of the greatest of all time,
1: right? I, I got to ask you, even before Brad jumps in. Well, actually, Brad, have you
0: seen The Big Lebowski before? I have not seen The Big Lebowski. All I know is that there are uh, white Russians in it. And John Goodman, John Goodman and white Russians. So, I mean, what could be bad about it? Yeah, that's true. David,
1: I got to ask you, man, that because we have such a good relationship now, I've never gotten the big Lebowski. It's just I don't know if it's over my head. I don't know if I just am a person with no sense of humor. But give me your elevator pitch. Like, why does this movie deserve a second chance?
2: You know, it's really hard to say it's funny because, I, you know, I've had this conversation with, with people and, and uh, the other founder of Bardstown Bourbon Company, Dan Lind, who was the CFO. This also happens to be one of his favorite films. You know, it's one of those things where it it's just like it's the Coen brothers. It's one of those films that's in so many ways esoteric. But, you know, I have read I can't tell you how many different critiques and, you know, and, you know, editorial comments about. Uh, you know, what does the film really stand for? What is it a commentary on? And I think that that's one of the things that makes the the film so interesting is there are so many theories about what the film stands for, whether it's a critique of, you know, American culture and society, you know, from the tumbling tumbleweeds as the, as the film opens. There is there's so much about it. I think that to me at the end of the day, that's one of the things that makes things interesting is when. You can't exactly figure out what they're about, you know, and and it stood the test of time.
1: There is just a level of weirdness that goes with the Coen brothers that it it, like sometimes it works for you and sometimes it doesn't. And we're actually doing a mini series of three of their kind of more slapsticky comedies this season. The, The ones that's always appealed to me the most is Raising Arizona. I just I think that the opening 10, 15 minutes of that movie are just utter perfection. So we're doing that one. We're doing Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? And then we're closing it out with
2: Lebowski. Yep. I it's, mean, it's a great choice. It's but a fantastic I, uh, lineup. What's your favorite film? Not that we're going to take this in a completely different direction. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Favorite, favorite
0: gonna... Cohen brothers? or
2: No, just in general. I know it's impossible to, to answer that one. But if you had to say, what's at the top of your list?
1: You asked me on the perfect night because... We have been holding off on reviewing Jurassic Park for six years now, or six seasons rather. And tonight is the night that we're going to record Jurassic Park as soon as we get off the horn with you. And that is by far my favorite movie. Is
2: that right? Yeah, I
1: just, you know, it's a thing. We, we've we talked about it before, too, that I, I think it's generational. Like if you grew up, if you're an 80s kid or older. I think Jaws hits people a certain way. And if you're a little bit younger, Jurassic Park does the exact same thing. So the way that most people feel about Jaws, I just, I have this affinity for Jurassic Park.
2: That's funny. I just saw the new one. Um, oh, took kids to see
0: it.
2: A <laughs> <laughs> uh, reserve judgment. Yes. There.
0: Yep. Yep. I can't tell you how many YouTube videos I've seen talking about Jurassic Park. And they'll, they'll basically compare it to the new ones, but the comparison always is like, why does the Jurassic World series leave me feeling empty on the inside? (laughs) and Jurassic Park makes me feel so good.
2: It's a good question, but if it's any indication of kind of the way uh, my humor and brain works, you know, I like Big Lebowski. I also, one of my favorite movies is Brain Donors, John Turturro. I don't know if you are familiar with that film, but if you're not, it's one definitely to watch it's uh it's kind of like insanity to another level.
1: Oh, we're gonna have to check that one out for sure, Brad. I'm on I'm on board for it. Yeah, I'm totally in. If you
2: haven't seen that, that is that is a sleeper of all sleepers, and it is it is it is a play on a night at the opera by uh by the Marx Brothers. Oh, nice.
1: See, this is why you bring David Mandel on the show, folks. Like we get some fantastic whiskey recommendations. He's he's selling us on the idea of the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, but he also comes in with movies that neither of us have ever heard of and that we have to check out now.
2: Yeah, I promise you. Let see that movie, Brain Domer, Donors, and then we're gonna have me back on, and we will have a discussion <laughs> about it.
1: <laughs> well, David, we cannot thank you enough for being here. One more time, just for our listeners, can you give us the details? We I, we have not mentioned yet the dates for the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. So if you're looking to block off your calendar. Where can they go to find all the information?
2: KYBourbonFestival.com, September 16th through the 18th. Don't miss it. Um, you can, you know, go to the website. You can sign up on the website, you know, on our email list to get the latest updates. You can also follow us, obviously, on all the social media, you know, on you know, Facebook and on Instagram, but KYBourbonFestival.com.
0: Well, everybody, that was David Mandel, CEO, chairman of the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. We are so thankful that he took the time to come on with us. But we will be coming back to you next week on Monday with a regularly scheduled episode. But until then, I am Brad G. I'm Bob Book. And we'll catch you next time. Today's sponsor is a little bit of a departure from our usual area of expertise. And man, oh man, I was blown away by their product once we received it. I am talking about Manscaped. Now, if you're like me at all, you've probably seen the Manscaped ads and kind of wondered to yourself, like, do I really need like some sort of specialty trimmer to take care of my downstairs business? And I've just gotta be honest, I was absolutely wrong. Uh, Their trimmer is called the Lawnmower 4.0 And I gotta say, it is the Rolls Royce of trimmers. It's got a ceramic blade that reduces grooming mishaps, a wireless charging base, and an awesome flashlight that keeps things illuminated while you're working. And beyond all that, it's waterproof. This thing is really changing the game when it comes to below the belt hygiene. Now, this is just me talking about my experience, but this trimmer really is way beyond anything I've ever used to keep things neat and tidy. You can use our discount code film whiskey to get 20% off your order and free shipping. Head on over to manscaped.com and use code film whiskey to get 20% off free shipping and you will be well on your way to hygiene heaven.